Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. might be over for this season, but basketball is in full swing for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next coach will be hired, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage. It's the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, February 28th, 2022. Hope that you had a terrific weekend and uh, that you enjoyed yourself with your family and your friends. And as always, appreciate you uh, listening into the Believe in Sports Law podcast and making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. So today we have a very interesting episode. We'll be talking about um, Major League Baseball uh, nearing an agreement with the Players Association. And this is episode nine of season four. So uh, this is really, um, I think there was a lot of folks that were uh, sort of in the, in, in, the, in the space, in the industry, that thought that uh, there was going to be a significant delay to the season. There was going to be delay of spring training. Uh, that there was talk of even maybe not even having a, a season. And of course, uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred had made um, some negotiation points uh, as to, you know, that um, he wanted to see uh, essentially an agreement come to by a certain date, which I think was, which is Monday, which is today, uh, as to um, coming to an agreement uh, or there might be, you know, a cancellation of some games. Clearly, spring training has already been delayed. I was a little more on the sort of optimistic side in, in, in almost every circumstance I usually am. And, and I felt an agreement was going to, was going to be made. And, and today we'll go over why I think an agreement is close and, uh, and ultimately why agreement will be made. I, I think at the end of the day, too much is at stake and we're in a very sort of precarious time when it comes to sports. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. I mean that there's a ton of opportunity and for baseball for the owners and for the players to miss out on that, I think would be um, very difficult for them to recover. I think baseball is probably too large to fail, uh, but uh, I think ultimately um, it was good that, that uh, they're getting this close. And this was reported on uh, Bleacher Report uh, about an article that said that they were nearing an agreement and that um, – that ultimately the one sort of major remaining sticking point that they had reported on was the luxury tax. And of course the luxury tax um, 
is a little different from a salary cap. So of course the NFL has a salary cap. Um, NBA has a salary cap. NHL has a salary cap. Baseball is different. Uh, it does not have a salary cap, but what it has is a luxury tax. And of course, salary cap, the difference between the two salary cap means that a team cannot go over it. Uh, there's no, and there is some exceptions and there's some ways to sort of move money around and spread it out over certain seasons. Uh, and there, of course, there's some veteran exceptions and this sort of thing, but that all being said, um, there's a, it's a huge difference between a luxury tax. Luxury tax says, yes, you can go over, uh, but you're going to pay a premium. And of course, that money goes back to the other teams in the league uh, with a higher percentage, obviously, to um, uh, sort of teams towards, uh, towards the bottom of the rankings, if you will, or bottom of this, the, the spending uh, in terms of spending rankings. So luxury tax is more likely to affect big market teams. You know, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Giants. Um, although I think in 2000, for the 2021 season, only the San Diego Padres and the Los Angeles Dodgers exceeded the luxury tax. Uh, and of course, um, I think that was the first time the Padres have ever done that. And uh, that was mostly related to Fernando Tatis's deal and some of the other money that they spent um, particularly with regard to Manny Machado the year prior and that sort of thing. So uh, again, that's the difference between a luxury tax and, and, and a salary cap. But getting into this, I, I think that sort of we have this potential agreement that's going to, um, I would hope, be announced in the next few days. It sounds like they're getting near towards the end. There's still a lot of contention, but I think ultimately that the, the, the sides are going to come together it sounds like over the weekend, or I think it was on Friday that Tony Clark, who's the executive director for the players association and Rob Manfred, who's the commissioner for major league baseball, representing the owners, the 30 major league uh, team owners had met over the weekend, or I think it might've been on Friday. And that to me sort of, that was an initial sign that the sort of two heads of the groups were coming together to have in-person discussion. And anybody who's ever done a negotiation, sometimes just getting on the phone or getting in person is the best way just to iron things out. You know, things can be um, miscommunicated through email, through text. Uh, and of course, the media, anytime you have a big deal like this involved, the media, of course, is going to do their jobs and report on it. And they're going to want information. And of course, sometimes you have, you know, different sides using the media to, to, to sort of get certain deals or to make certain points um, that that tends to happen in sort of these negotiations. I wouldn't be able to point to at this point, you know, where that's happened in this negotiation but it's just something to note that has occurred. So I, I think that um, as Major League Baseball and the Players Association kind of comes, it hopefully comes to an end, there's just a few points that I wanted to highlight in terms of what a, what a collectively bargained or collective bar, uh, bargaining agreement is, uh, what it includes and what it does, and of course why I think baseball uh, is ultimately going to come to a deal and it's, and it's why they're getting close. So, so again, I think the 2022 baseball season is going to happen. It's going to be probably a couple of weeks delayed. Uh, you know, obviously spring training and that sort of thing will have to occur. And usually that starts in mid-February. So we're about two weeks behind at this point. But, um, you know, of course, a little background uh, in all of the five major sports leagues in America, National Basketball Association, National Football League, National Hockey League, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, the big five. And of course, there's some other leagues that are that are starting to uh, come around across Major League Cricket, um, obviously the WNBA, 
um, you know, any of the women's uh, iterations of, of those leagues, right. Starting to, to gain some notoriety as well. But with each of these major team sort of major leagues, major, major team sports, you're going to have a union. You're going to have owners, right. You're going to have management. You're going to have labor. Uh, this is sort of a history of America. When you're talking about, if you look at sports, you can really see a microcosm of America when it comes to negotiations and the divide between and negotiation between um, management and, 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 and employees, management and labor, uh, management and talent, right? So on the one hand, we have Major League Baseball representing the 30 owners. On the other side, we have Major League Baseball Players Association, which is effectively the union for the players. And Rob Manfred representing the owners as the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and which is an elected position via the Major League owners. And then, of course, you have Tony Clark, which is also an elected position. He represents the players. And obviously, they're elected by each of those respective bodies. So the 30 owners, and then obviously the Major League Baseball players. And I think there's an executive council and, and that sort of thing. But and there's also a president that's usually an active player. So ultimately, looks like they're going to come to a deal, hopefully, um, avoiding a shortened season. But there's definitely going to be, I think, a delay. If, if not, they're going to have to shorten spring training. So we'll sort of see how that plays out. But uh, just a little background on that, you know, sort of just keep in mind that every league has a union. And so um, every one of the major five sports leagues. Now, of course, the CBA, the collective bargained agreement or collectively bargained agreement uh, governs all things between the players, the agents and the teams, everything from salary, arbitration, trades, salary caps, luxury taxes, grievances, and even minor leagues and or the draft. Um, there's also some league bylaws to be uh, cognizant of that guide teams and their deal making. Uh, of course, there's even team bylaws where uh, team owners have to abide by certain rules. And this is across all, all sort of the five major uh, sports leagues. And of course, you're still going to have bylaws and rules for, um, for individual uh, sports, you know, your tennis, your golf, that sort of thing. But uh, just a little bit different structure, right? There's no players unions for those. So, um, and of course, the league and the team and the players, everybody has to follow these, these sort of rules that are set out. Uh, these collective bargaining agreements usually last, at least in baseball, for about five years. So the previous one was 2017 to 2021. There had been a 25-plus year, I think 20-year uh, labor piece. There had not been any sort of delays. Um, this is the first that we've had any sort of delay. But, of course, the season hasn't been delayed yet. Um, it looks like it might be delayed. But um, I think the big sort of uh, measurement there is whether – uh, games will be canceled. And I think as long as those are not canceled, we're going to be, we're going to have continue to have labor peace, but, you know, ultimately, um, you know, again, each of these leagues has uh, a player's union. Um, sometimes a player's union vary in terms of power structure and influence, but ultimately the CBA governs everything. And so this is a very important document and the NFL generally ranges from, you know, five to seven to 10 years, other leagues are different. Baseball usually goes around five, a five-year agreement, and then they get into renegotiation. And obviously, there's changes during the agreement. They'll make updates to it. Even in Major League Baseball, there's, there's uh, an opportunity for the commissioner to institute rules. Usually, there's a year waiting period to give the union a uh, sort of opportunity to comment or 
to give feedback. Um, but I would sort of, it's, 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 it's an interesting situation because uh, it's, we live in kind of a, we're kind of in a precarious time, right? And with regard to sports coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, hopefully coming out of it and hopefully for good. Uh, but, you know, we sort of international politics and international growth and all the things to do with the metaverse and NFTs and name, image and likeness and college sports and uh, all the development with the NBA and the over, overtime elite league and the uh, player um, professional pathways program. There's just a lot of different things going on in sports with rights negotiations and everything. And so I think it really is an important time in sports. And we'll get into some of those right as we get back from our quick little commercial break. NordVPN. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the best VPN service offering the fastest connectivity most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, NordVPN. Tons of people taking multivitamins these days. It's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five tr free travel packs, packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you to our show sponsors, Bet Online, NordVPN, and Athletic Greens. So we're talking about the potential for a Major League Baseball collective bargained agreement, CBA, that uh, looks like we're coming to an end. At least that's what it's being reported uh, by uh, some of the folks really close to the negotiation there. We'll see. I surely hope so. I think the fans surely hope so. I think the players, the, the families of the players, um, the teams, I think everybody, the cities, uh, I think everybody's really hoping that baseball uh, comes together. And it looks like we're getting close with maybe some caveats as to what the luxury tax threshold is going to be, which we'll get into. 
and then also uh, with potential to player control uh, in, in terms of service time. So we'll sort of see how that plays out. But again, before we took the commercial break, we were talking about Major League Baseball and, um, and the players and really sports in general uh, really entering into and being in a very important time in sports history. The sort of comparison I would make um, in terms of them not coming to a deal was you know, similar to maybe to the Cold War between Russia and the United States. Obviously not as serious, but in the terms of sort of this mutually assured destruction, that was sort of this idea that you know both sides had nuclear weapons. They didn't want to launch them uh, to, of course, have mutually assured destruction. And so I think with regard to Major League Baseball and the Players Association, it's a similar negotiation position. They really can't um, destroy the deal. You know, they have to come together to ultimately find some common ground, right? It's the only way a deal is going to happen. Maybe one side has more leverage than the other. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're even. But ultimately, the sides need to come together. And I think that's sort of where we're at. And of course, we're in an interesting time because we're coming out of this sort of COVID-19 pandemic and hopefully for good. Uh, And there's going to be a need for new content and people are going to want to travel. They're going to want to spend money and they're going to be going to these new stadiums and they're going to want to experience baseball. And of course, COVID-19 already cost, you know, baseball, you know, half of a little more than half of the uh, 2020 season. And of course, anytime you take away something, particularly an entire season of baseball or you reduce it, fans have to find something else to do. And this is one of the reasons why there was sort of this COVID-19, sort of this rush to digital, uh, rush to create content. And more content is being created now than ever. And that's partially because people are spending more time at home. There's more streamers now. Uh, there's an expectation that content will always be there. I think some of these platforms are starting to institute higher prices and delays and releases of programs uh, with the hope that the content consumption will slow down, or at least that consumers will pay more for the content. So there's additional resources to create. Uh, but baseball would be missing out on that if they didn't come to a deal. Uh, and frankly, baseball needs wins. They they need wins in the sense of business wins because there's a ton of other sports out there that are growing in popularity. And uh, there has been study after study done that younger persons, um, the younger generation, uh, is growing uninterested in the game of baseball, uh, which was once really the unequivocal national pastime. And uh, that's just not the case anymore. And it's still a popular sport. And frankly, when you consider that baseball is 162 games and, and you know, teams are still pulling, you know, uh, sellout crowds of 50,000 50, people, I mean, that's pretty good. And you're playing every day of the week, except maybe one day off here and there. Uh, I, so I, I think, you know, a lot of these things sometimes are relative. When you have one game a week in football, you have a few games a week in basketball, I think there's, you need to consider the differences, right? Because it's not really comparing oranges to oranges. It's really apple to oranges. And kind of figuring that out. So I think because sort of we're coming out of this, you know, pandemic, there's going to be this sort of increase in people wanting to spend and buy and travel. And I think also because the other four major sports leagues in America are all under current CBAs. So you would essentially have all four leagues playing uh, throughout 2022, but then we'd have sort of baseball not playing. It'd be sort of the odd, the odd league out, if you will. And of course, um, when you're talking about what people have appetites for, right? I think that um, when you can sort of consider uh, sort of the sort of American appetite, the collective conscience, if you will, 
I think that uh, an argument around finance is probably going to fall fall on deaf ears, and you're going to have some fans that support the owners, you're going to have some fans that support the players. I think you know ultimately at the end of the day, the, the, the sides just have to come to an agreement, and they have to find um, you know some sort of common ground. Uh, but I, I think that it's just it's really a, it's sort of a, a collective conscious of sort of where we are today with world politics and what's important and. And, and I think ultimately um, they're going to come to a deal. Uh, now that all being said, I think there, there's nothing wrong with a robust debate. And I think that's important in any negotiation. Uh, it's very important uh, as an attorney. It's very important really in anything in every, every aspect of life or any job. And of course, I personally think the players and the owners should be applauded for their efforts uh, on zealously advocating for their respective sides. I mean, this is what you do in a negotiation. Uh, and of course, a five-year agreement is a long-term partnership, and it has serious consequences on the players' lives, their families, uh, not to mention all the employees of the teams and of the league, not to mention the people who work for the players, the agents, whatever, the attorneys. Um, you know, of course, there's no there's no season. There's going to be a tough time in terms of uh, getting paid. It's going to be a tough time in terms of creating revenue, this sort of thing. And of course, baseball already experienced that with the pandemic, as did uh, the other leagues in terms of not having fans and fans in the stands. So uh, again, I think a lot of these economic things have to be considered. Uh, I think, again, the economic impact of a CBA goes well beyond who plays second base and how much they get paid. So I think perspective, again, here is important. Um, and again, in any negotiation, um, both sides are going to want their position. Uh, you're going to have to sacrifice a little. And as the old saying goes, uh, you have to hurt a little bit. Uh, from the negotiated deal point. So, you know, if both sides are upset or unhappy, it usually means you have a good deal. So what re remains to be negotiated is um, you're talking about player minimum salaries, arbitration, player control. I think those things from the reports have been that they're pretty much, the, at least for the first two, player minimum salaries and arbitration have been finalized. So the two main things are player control and luxury, the luxury tax. I think it's fitting that the luxury tax is the, one of the last items to be negotiated because it's frankly the most important. How much a team can spend before it has to pay a significant tax or fine, if you will, is really what helps set up the budget for large market teams, but also allows other teams to compare one to the other in terms of to the top, to the bottom, right? And of course, the other argument that's been put out there, idea that's been out there is where there'll be a minimum team spending threshold. I think part of the problem that the players have mentioned is that they see these teams tank. They get these first round draft picks. These best players go to the worst teams. And it's not necessarily that these, it makes these teams better. They maybe play for their few years and they get traded. Uh, and it's sort of, I think one of the teams that's really done a good job of this, maybe two, you could say the Oakland A's and, and definitely the Tampa Bay Rays in terms of competitively competing, making it to the playoffs, making it the world series and doing that with a very low, um, um, salary threshold when it comes to the salary they have for their players. But again, that takes player development. I mean, it takes a lot of work, right? And so you're spending a lot of money on talent and analytics and everything else. And it doesn't always work, but I think clearly uh, it's one of the aspects of success in, uh, in sports, particularly in baseball. Now, of course, it's also a precarious time because streamers and broadcasters are continuing to spend massive amounts of money on licensing rights. You know, Major League Baseball just signed a huge deal with Turner. There's going to be some other deals that will expire uh, during, um, I believe, during uh, this next CBA. 
um, with streaming continuing to expand, uh, you know, there's just, there's, would be a lot of money missed out uh, in terms of uh, sort of negotiating these new deals. And clearly talent calling games, when you're looking at obviously a football example, but look at Troy Aikman and Sean Payton and the amount of money that they're going to get paid. There's a lot of money moving around in sports. And then of course, Liberty Media, uh, which owns the Atlanta Braves franchise, uh, tripled, tripled its profits from 2020 to 2021. This is a big deal. And, and, and again, any sort of reduced or lost season um, would significantly impact uh, baseball and the players. And, and again, sort of coming out of a pandemic, seeing what the, the damage the pandemic's already done, I think this is really important. And of course, hopefully coming out of the pandemic, right? Now, player service time, we'll sort of close with this. I think uh, this continues to be a sticking point because I think this is probably the main contention that the players have against the league is that they were being manipulated and players are being brought up from the minor leagues only to be sent back down or they're delaying a player to come up to, to play, especially on these teams that are not doing well in the standings. They'll hold the player back so you control him longer. Now, in my mind, if I was a team owner or team manager, or general manager, you know, ultimately I'm going to put the best players on the field. Right. And you want to win the most games. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I get the player's argument in the sense that maybe they're holding players back, um, you know, in terms of they don't want to waste them for a season. But uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, I think ultimately it's probably a wash because if the player does play, um, he will put fans in the seats add some level of excitement that sort of thing. And that's what he's there for is to play. Right. Uh, but I think, look, you can make some arguments on that, but ultimately I think the idea is to field the best team. And this is what the players are griping about is that teams are not spending enough money, uh, particularly the teams toward the bottom uh, in terms of either the standings or uh, the amount that's being spent. And of course, manipulating the players in terms of when they enter into, uh, into in, when they enter into the 40 man roster, 25 man roster of a major league baseball team. So I think Major League Baseball, in response to this, and to a, uh, this was one of the player associations' request was to essentially give an entire year of service time to award-winning players. So let's say a player wins Rookie of the Year or gets second place, you award that player with uh, an additional year of service time so they can enter into free agency or arbitration quicker. And this is important, right? Because arbitration, the way that it works in baseball is that you make a 25-man roster of a team and you essentially begin to run the clock. And that clock is six years. After your third season, you enter into arbitration year one. After your fourth, arbitration year two. After your fifth, arbitration um, uh, year three. And then after your sixth year, you become a free agent. And of course, that just means more money. And then of course, free agency adds the option of choosing what team you want to go with. Of course, this assumes that a player doesn't sign a deal in his first or second year that wipes out his arbitration years. Uh, and also signs them to a long-term deal. So Fernando Tatis, some of these other players that have done that, that's not should not be overlooked. It's another option. So that's a big deal for the players. It's obviously a big deal for the owners because they want to they want to control players for longer, right? And that's that's the battle. Now, of course, again, getting back to the importance of coming to a deal, when we have NFL teams selling for four billion dollars, and I'm talking about the Denver Broncos. And we talked about last week, sports real estate is in a booming market with building new stadiums and growing internationally. Baseball really cannot afford uh, to miss any time. 
And so I think both sides realize that they're going to come to a deal. Hopefully it's by today. Um, and then if not, you know, hopefully here in the near future, so there's no, no further delay. And of course, uh, again, the next decade is going to be very important when it comes to rights and negotiations um, and really the battle for American hearts and minds when it comes to consumers and really for dollars, right? I think a new CBA uh, will keep baseball at the table uh, as it pursues sort of new technology, uh, the metaverse coming out, the NFTs, international development, uh, sort of sports content in Hollywood and players as producers and all of these new documentaries that are coming out about sports. And of course, sports betting. These are all things that baseball is going to want to cash in on. And anytime you don't have a deal in place, you're going to ultimately, um, you're going to harm your, you know, you're going to harm the sport. So I think that's where we're at. I think uh, the folks are getting close to a deal and uh, we'll sort of see uh, how this plays out over the next uh, couple of days or so. But uh, show, the show has been brought to you by Bet Online. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. Thank you again for listening in to Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network and look forward to being back with you very soon. Thank you so much. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube